to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your show for marketing-minded people everywhere. I'm your co-host, Kip Bodner, CMO at HubSpot, joined always by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, who's the CMO over at Zapier. And we kind of have a WTF episode today. The AI data wars are upon us. Twitter, Reddit, Stack Overflow, they're taking data away from people. We've got vertical apps that are transforming accounting and legal because all of the data that those large language models can do is free and available to everyone. Data is the currency of the AI era and it's going to deeply impact how your business operates and grows. And we're gonna break it down for you today. We're gonna give you the trends, we're gonna give you what's happening in the market, and we're gonna give you the counsel and advice to take advantage of the AI data wars instead of fall victim to the AI data wars. If you're a startup and you have big growth dreams, you need the right CRM platform. That's HubSpot. I wanna tell you all about HubSpot for startups. It's our program where you can get up to 90% off your HubSpot subscription. You need to increase leads. You need to boost revenue. You need to improve your customer's experience. HubSpot for startups helps with all of that. Plus, you'll get 24-7 customer support and integrations from more than 1,500 of today's most popular apps. I almost forgot. There's a complete collection of amazing resources to help you learn and get better at your craft. HubSpot is trusted by some of the best startups in the world and is used by over 200,000 customers around the globe. To see if you're eligible to join the HubSpot for Startups program and take your growth to the next level, visit HubSpot.com startups. Let's go. Kieran, what the hell is happening on the internet these days? I've never seen so much fighting that wasn't over memes or political issues. The fighting is actually about something of substance, which is data and data access and data costs and all of these things. So let's set the framework for our listeners today. The biggest challenge with every iteration of the internet has been that comes along an aggregator, AOL, Google, now OpenAI, that goes and they crawl and they access all of this information that there's an argument of it's either owned or it's public domain or what have you. There's a bunch of arguments and they aggregate that together for benefit that the folks who originally owned or created that data don't really see a ton of benefit from. And that history is now causing a lot of argument, a lot of battling over data. And most recently, we have seen that Stack Overflow and Reddit have come out to say they are publicly going to charge anybody for access to their data to use in a large language model. Twitter doing the same thing. They're drastically cutting away API access. You now can't search on Twitter search unless you're logged in because they're trying to prevent scrapers and crawlers and these language models from going in and accessing the Twitter data, which is pretty crazy. Like, what's your read on all this? Don't forget that Elon is also building Truth GPT, whether he does or he doesn't, or he just wants free PR. But I think one of the things, if you actually think about all of the aggregators and they aggregate all this free information together and make money from it. And like Google is probably the best example of that, like aggregated the internet, organized it, and then makes money off it. And in Google's case, the reason that people didn't mind as much, I don't think, <laughs> is because number one, it is much harder to build a competing yes. search engine. If Google were doing this today, it's not as if Reddit can just go build, we'll build our own like Google equivalent search engine or Stack Overflow, we'll build our own equivalent Google search engine. So no one was actually trying to directly compete with them. What they wanted to do was just make sure they got something in return. And, and we talked about this before, where there's like a clear matching of incentives. Hey, we are going to organize all this together and show your content when it's applicable and give you traffic. But I think on the 
large language model, all these companies can build their own large language model much Correct. easier. Like Reddit could have its own large language model based upon its data. Stack Overflow can have its own large language model based upon its data. That's an asset. So why give that away for free? And it's like all these companies, Elon was actually very early. Like he did not know OpenAI was scraping Twitter. He actually tweeted about it and said, oh, I just found that out. I've actually turned that off. And that makes a ton of sense. That is not Elon being like Elon. That is Elon being like very sensible because why would you give that data away? Because again, once the model is trained, like I keep coming back to, and maybe this is just me being naive, like future models, for sure, they can't continue to use like that data. But I don't know what the policy is of, there is this thing called GPT-4, ChatGPT-4. It's trained heavily on Reddit. Like I think 20% of it's all of its training data initially came from Reddit. I don't know how that gets pulled out. Well, I don't think it gets pulled out historically. You just get the move forward. So what's crazy, Kieran, is I'm about to say something that not a lot of people on the internet say right now. Zuckerberg was right. He closed Facebook down from the very beginning and has locked his data down and is actually better positioned at Meta with the access to this data that he has clamped down from the very, very beginning to build a highly differentiated AI than most other organizations. Yeah, but everyone's going to build this kind of closed walled experience. This is what I don't like. Like even on Twitter or LinkedIn, remember the days you could like share content and it got clicks? Oh, yes. Well, you could like link out of a platform and you somebody could link would out of a platform. Yeah, like, like, like th- these used to it? be ways that you could get, you know, visibility on other things, like build your audience and get visibility and yeah. other things. And now it's all, hey, if you post a link, like I think it's actually in the LinkedIn algorithm, which if you post a link within the actual content, it will actually weight that down. And so, yeah, we're going to move into like somewhat like what Zuckerberg thinks about for the metaverse, where you have all these kind of closed walled universes, like ecosystems, like Stack Overflow or Red, like they're all these kind of closed wall ecosystems and they'll get more competitive in terms of like who can get access to our stuff. Data is like internet gold. Yeah, if you're, if you're watching the show today, understand that data is gold of the internet. And we're going to talk about how that directly applies to you in, in just a second. Before we do that, Kieran, I have a question for you as you're, as you're talking about this, like our large language models, we've made the argument that large language models are going to get commoditized. You know, the data is what's unique. Are large language models the next iteration of algorithms? Right now, you know, the thing that's different about all this, like, you know, the difference between Facebook and YouTube is like they have their own data, then they have their own proprietary algorithm. It seems like all those same companies are just going to have their large language model that is unique to them. And it's mostly unique to them because of the data that they have. And we're not going to get a lot of consolidation is what I'm trying to tell everybody watching. We're still going to have this very fragmented cable TV-esque experience where you're going to have a proliferation of models all across the internet. Yeah, I think that, like the best case study of this is, is Google, which is like yes. they had secret sauce in PageRank. And I think that was very smart and hard to replicate, but can be replicated. But then they stole such market share that their just name became the verb for what they did, right? Mm-hmm. And so when, you're, when you reach that point, it's just hard for anyone to compete away at you when you when you dominate the market so much. And so I think OpenAI's large language model gets commoditized. Already it has many, many competitors. I guess the question mark is, if you're the first one at the gate and you have 100 million users, probably more now, how many mm-hmm. million more have they had since then? Do you ever lose that advantage? And I think the answer is yes, probably, if something drastic does happen, which is happening to Google right now. Yeah, but they have a yeah. huge head start. No lead is insurmountable, except maybe Microsoft and Apple. We'll see. So we're talking to you today about the AI data wars. The first front of this war are companies that have unique data trying to lock that data down and 
essentially charge more from it. And why that impacts you is because you are likely running your business off of some type of third-party data, right? You're buying, you're licensing data to help your sales reps have a better experience, to create a better project experience, et cetera. That data is going to get more expensive and might go away. That's what we are telling you, that that data is becoming more valuable. And you cannot just plan to have access to the same data you have access to today, especially at the same cost you have access to it today, right? That is my number one takeaway from watching the show today is understand that your data strategy is going to change dramatically over the next one to three years. Here's so here's some good examples like who actually really owns the data. So Reddit owns mm-hmm. the data, their data because it's user generated content, their community created. Stack Overflow owned their data again because it's user generated content, their mm-hmm. community created. I will say between those two things, I would be much bullish on like Reddit surviving than Stack Overflow because Stack Overflow is really is just a question and yes. answer site, and that can yes. be replicated now within. So you can get most of those answers in Chat GPT. <laughs> But in Reddit, it's much more like a mm-hmm. human-to-human interaction, right? Mm-hmm. Not that it isn't Stack Overflow, but it's much more transactional. Can I get the answer to my question? Here's a good example of like what happens if a company like Zoom Info, yes. right? They yes. don't actually own the data. They just aggregate the data. Right. There are a lot of data companies that are data aggregators. I think in Zoom Info's case, they aggregate some data and they have some of their own proprietary data collection. They have a very clever thing. And this is another thing I definitely want to touch on, which is a new kind of go-to-market that should be really important in AI, but we can get into it whenever you want. But Zoom Info have this clever thing where they give away a free version of their product, but to give away a free version, you actually have to give them some of your contact list or some of your data. And so that actually helps them to expand their data set. Well, yes. And so what you're making a point is that the data aggregators are in trouble because they're going to start losing some of the data they have access to. And that if you are relying on third-party data, you need to know where that data is coming from. And is the company you're buying it from, do they really own that data or are they aggregating it from somebody else? So we we made the case in the SEO episode with, or the episode with Neil Patel, when we talked about the future of search yeah. under ChatGPT, that Booking.com and Kayak. Yeah, they, they're getting out of here. Yeah. All these companies are in trouble because they're middle, they're the kind of middle layer Nowhere. between like the Google and the Booking thing. And why would you do that when the chat assistant within Google or if OpenAI disrupts Google? And with the announcement today that OpenAI has released Bryson within the chat GPT, chat, chat, within the chat GPT, <laughs> GPT4, which now has Bryson and has all of the things that you can do in Google. Why go to a middleware company, like a middle yes. aggregator, when you can just book it all through ChatGPT? The point I was making around Zoom Info, it's not directed directly towards them because they are no, no. they are a great company. They have great technology. But what they are in, I think they're, they're middle in the middle layer, right? And so I do wonder what happens to the middle layer aggregators in this kind of world. We'll be right back. But let me tell you about a podcast from our network, Truth. Lies and Workplace Culture is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, your audio destination for business professionals. Join husband and wife team, Al and Leanne Elliott, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. Their audience loves the show's unique blend of theory and practice, which helps business owners and leaders simplify consumer psychology. If you enjoy learning what makes people tick, then this is the show for you. Recently, they did an amazing episode on what makes your team say yes, exploring the psychology of influence. Phil Agnew shares his rich experience in behavioral science and delves into the intricate psychology of influence. They explore the fine line between influence and manipulation, uncovering how subtle cues and messaging impact team decision-making and motivation. Whether you're a leader, marketer, or anyone interested in the art of intelligence, this episode is packed 
with strategies and psychological principles to understand and harness the power of yes in teams and organizations. Listen to Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture wherever you get your podcasts. So this is lesson number two from the AI wars and the AI data wars, is that with aggregation, when you pull things together in a new way, like large language models are doing, what always comes with aggregation, Kieran, disintermediation, where you take out a middleman woman from the scenario and just go direct to the end customer, right? And so what we're making the argument of is because of these data wars, a lot of the middleware that exists in data is just going to go away, right? So your data could go away and is going to get more expensive. The third takeaway here is that if you are a data aggregator or you're using some type of data middleware, those business models are in jeopardy longer term. And what that landscape looks like is going to change dramatically. Right Now, Kieran, so if we're going to use a war metaphor for today's show, the Eastern Front was all these unique proprietary data sources. The Western Front is the complete opposite, which is the public data sources. There are some data sources that are just inherently public. You want to know some great examples of that? Our tax codes by country are public. Everybody has access to the tax code. They got to know what their responsibilities are to pay taxes. Our legal code, you know, precedent, case law, all of those things are public because you need to know what you're going to be able to argue in a court of law. So what happens in the AI data wars when you are in a market that has publicly accessible, essentially commoditized data? Your market is going to get disrupted first and fast. Right. And we're seeing that this week. One of the reasons we're doing this show today is there's a company called Harvey.ai that raised over $21 million this week for basically AI for legal professionals to basically take advantage of that open data source to build sick, sick AI tools for the legal profession. We've also seen tax GPT come out to be a tool for accountants and the finance world to use. And then, Kieran, we were just sharing on WhatsApp last night, there's a brand new finance GPT tool for financial advisors that basically is trained off all the public earnings data. So if you're a public company, you have to file your 10K, your 10Qs, and all your, your annual reports, all of these things. And they've trained a whole large language model off of all that publicly available data. So if you are in a market that it leverages public available data, wow, are, is your job and your career going to get disrupted by AI much, much faster than others? Do you want to bring up the finance one? I think that one is so simplistic and valuable because it allows you to query a bot that's trained on all of the quarterly earning reports from public companies. And so if you, are, if you invest in stocks or invest in anything, it's such a better way to be able to ask like, what were the highlights and lowlights from Microsoft's quarterly earnings. I am going to use this one religiously because I do not have any kind of time to go through quarterly earnings for all of the stocks that I own that are really on the water. My, my question would just be like, is there any chance that I'll ever get back to 2021, those glory days? <laughs> no. I mean, like, and it's no, just going to be like, no. Not a chance. You're not, not, even not, not even a little bit, man. But um, there's going to be versions. I actually just typed this in when you were saying this because I was like, ah, oh, you know, a really good idea here because what's another... A great source of public data is there's all of these kind of aggregator sites that aggregate together household DIY fixes, like handyman, handywoman, like all of the things that you would be wanted to fix within your house. And I literally just typed in like handyman AI, and there is one, Hank the AI. And so you're going to have a, if you, anything where you have freemium content to train on, you're going to have vertical AI assistance 
And I think that is going to be incredible across everything that we want those things for. I think the finance one's a good example. Tax is a really good example. Exactly. But here, I, I, pulled, I pulled up the tweet that we've been sharing. So it's called finchat.io. And it is chat GPT for finance. So it's a generative AI tool that has information on 750 public companies. And it's not just the companies, Karen, it's top investors and the top investors' portfolios, how they're managing their stock portfolios and everything there, which is pretty pretty sick. It's trained on up-to-date financial data, earnings call transcripts, annual reports, quarterlies, 13Fs, investment books, as well as other unique like business data sources. Like It's pretty sick. You've been using it, right? It's a perfect example of if there's publicly available information, AI is going to eat that market. If you have publicly available data in your market, data is going to eat your market. So if you work in finance, you work in law, you work in accounting, you should just be embracing AI like crazy. And you should be rolling out those tools to your team. Some of the experiences are better than others. I've told handyman Hank AI that my dog is stuck in my toilet and he has not acknowledged that my dog is literally stuck in my toilet. He just keeps telling me to jiggle with the handle and flush it. So varying degrees of experience. I will say the fintech one is better, but I think there's two parts of that, which is like, yeah, if your business is built on freemium data, then someone's going to provide a, a similar experience to your company pretty soon. And I think the other thing is for us as consumers of AI, we are going to have assistance in any vertical we want very, very soon. I could not agree more. So if you think about you know, the Western front of the AI war as publicly available data, if you were in a market publicly available data, you got to move fast and furious on the AI side of things. The last front of the AI data wars, we'll call it the northern front, is government regulation and the kind of the geopolitical side of data. And so, for example, like it is impossible for OpenAI to comply with GDPR, which is the European data privacy regulations. So, like, what's going to happen, Kieran? Like, are like if you live in Europe, are you just not going to have access to ChatGPT? Like, that is a potential ramification of government regulation and data privacy. Data privacy and the proliferation of large language models are inherently at odds with each other. Right. That's why we see Italy ban ChatGPT because they OpenAI openly said we can't comply to this law. I really if, don't know what's going to happen. I have zero idea. Well, uh, well, I think one of the things that we have to know on the AI data wars is that AI is going to be a very big geopolitical issue and regional issue. You know what happened today, Karen, that I don't think you've even seen yet? Russia has created a chat GPT rival. What's it called? It's called GigaChat. <laughs> GigaChat. Yeah, and so this is what happened for everybody watching to show why this is going to be so interesting is Russia launched GigaChat after it banned chat GPT. So if you think about what's happening here is large language models and the data that they access is going to become a geopolitical issue. And Unfortunately, where you live and where you operate your businesses are going to have a deep impact on what AI technology you can use and take advantage of. Yeah, it's it's really going to... I don't see there being one country that accepts a single version of this. They probably will want... But not like smaller countries, yes, but larger yeah. countries will see this as, as you said, more of a political issue. And we want to have our own version of this so we can make sure we understand what it's telling our audience. One thing I actually want to go back to because I forgot about this in the point around the publicly available data, Kieran, where we're talking about like the tax code, the legal code, all of that. You know what's going to happen though? It's going to remove a lot of loopholes because it's like once everybody can understand a really complex tax code like exists in America, 
anything that you can exploit, you're just going to have way, way more people exploiting that legislation or that tax code. And it's going to cause the government to have to make massive changes and innovations because you're going to see great fluctuation in tax revenue because it's like, well, the average person who can't spend tens of thousands of dollars a year on like a tax attorney and a CPA can now go and figure out, oh, well, if I just spend my money a little bit differently, I will pay half the amount of taxes that I would, would pay otherwise, which is pretty crazy. If you, so if we think about the AI data wars and how, and how it's going to impact you, because there is a lot happening, they're going to impact you in a few ways. One, the data you have access to is going to get more expensive or might go away. If you are in a market where the data for your market is all publicly available for free, AI is going to come for your market faster and harder than any of the other markets. And you are going to have to adapt and change dramatically. And we are already seeing that with tools like Harvey, TaxGPT, FinChat.io. These are all products that we are seeing that are coming out, that are going to, they're coming after those vertical industries. And the third thing is, is data regulation, data privacy, geopolitical side of the AI data wars is going to get way more intense. Countries are going to ban certain products. They're going to come out with their own. Large language models will be very different by region as countries understand that data is going to become a natural resource, right? Like, isn't that what's happening, Kieran? It used to be that, you know, if you had the biggest, you know, plot of land that you could farm on, that, that your country had, a, had a, a big advantage. One of the things we're saying is like, countries with the best data are soon going to have a bigger advantage in the global economic market, right? Yeah, because they have a more intelligent large language model and more intelligent AI is going to be a future, I don't want to call it a, you know, a, a weapon of sorts, but it's going to be a future asset to that country. And it's going to be very similar to any kind of other arms race. Like people are going to want to have, countries are going to want to have the most sophisticated, the most intelligent AI. I think even Putin, I don't know how much into politics we want to get, but he even <laughs> said that AI is the most important thing in the future for any country to own and to own those capabilities. Yeah, look, to close out the show today, AI is our bridge to the next level of automation, right? And automation unlocks productivity for any society. But you can't get the level of automation you need without the data you need. And so the analog here is like, right now there's bytes over cobalt and lithium and scarce minerals that are used for, you know, making computer chips and making iPhones and doing all of these things. And there's a lot of battle there. That battle is then going to go through to the data side of things. And there's going to be a lot of posturing, a lot of expense, a lot of regulation around data because it is going to be such a scarce, important resource in terms of how any country or any industry can automate and transform and be more productive. And that is why, like, you wouldn't think that two CMOs would spend half an hour talking with you about data and the fight that is happening around data, but it is way more important than anybody currently realizes, right? Agreed. Yeah, I think we are seeing the future being rewritten each and every week. And a lot of laws and things that have existed are going to have to change or be disrupted by AI. I don't think AI will bend to existing frameworks and laws and the way things are done. I think they are going to have to be rewritten yes. for AI. I love that. That is the perfect takeaway. We wanted to break down what's happening in the AI data wars for you all. Prepare yourselves and your businesses for that. And we will see you really soon on Marketing Against the Grain. <laughs>